welcome everyone. Thanks again for uh, listening to one of our Ensign Services podcasts. Um, so I'm here meeting with uh, Clay Christensen, and um, so Clay, I'm a I'm a big Lencioni fan. Um, I'm not a big fan of meetings, so I was kind of surprised to hear what a big fan of meetings uh, he is. Uh, I think, in fact, I believe that he believes meetings are central to having a healthy organization. Um, I sort of thought he would think that we should minimize meetings so that we could go, could go out and do real work. Um, usually the idea of another meeting is often met with an eye roll or, um, you know, a lot of folks don't necessarily want to attend another meeting. Um, they think they're ineffective, they're boring. Uh, there's just something we can, you know, say that we did. We met as a team, so we can, you know, check that meeting box. Um, I sort of wanted to talk to you about the importance of meetings and how we can make them a more effective tool in our tool chest, because I, I have to believe there's some reason that I'm missing why Lincioni is such a big fan of meetings. Right. I, I, I think I would have normally the same impression that, that you want to... Uh, you want to minimize your meetings. Meetings kind of get in the way of your real work, but but you are right on both fronts. First of all, effective meetings are an essential part of an organization. So that's number one. If we are more effective in our meetings, it, it really adds to organizational health. And two, we do too often look at them almost like a... Uh, corporate penance. Ugh, it's something that I have to do. It's it's frustrating, but but it but we almost feel like we need to check off that box. Right. Meetings make us feel. Uh, in my mind, it, it's it's really two negative things. One, we tend to be bored, mm -hmm. and then we tend to get frustrated because we sit there thinking, well, wh what did we accomplish? We could have been so much more productive out there and working and. Again, we almost feel like we shouldn't have to have meetings so that we can just go and get work done. But if our meetings were more effective, I think we'd realize how much real work the actual meeting can, can accomplish. Now, I want you to listen. This is something that was super interesting to me to, to read what Lencioni, Patrick Lencioni had said okay. about, about businesses. He said, if someone were to offer one single piece of evidence to evaluate the health of an organization, I would not ask to see its financial statements, review its product line, or even talk to its employees or customers. Listen to what he would want to do. He said, I would want to observe the leadership team during a meeting. Wow. <laughs> That's super interesting to me. And, and here's the question. I, I kind of want to pose this question to you. What? What do you think he would want to see from the leadership team during a meeting? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, gosh, the, uh, the, I don't know, the level of participation that they're having, the, um, the way they interact with each other. Um, are, are they using the meeting to, to solve problems, to get clarity on, on something confusing, to provide sort of clear next steps and a path forward? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, a whole it's hard to tell. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. hard to tell what he's looking for. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. He doesn't. You know, he, he gives some. He gives some advice on on meetings, and he. But but the one thing is, in fact, I know I'd be nervous to have him observe one of my meetings, and and uh, and know that the most important thing he's watching is is how I handle the meeting. <laughs> right. I. I think one of the first things that we need to realize in, in meetings is something that I really need to learn. Uh, I've always felt like as a leader, I needed to run the meeting. 
meaning I'm doing most of the talking. I'm I'm sharing what I've learned. I'm 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 leading. I'm commanding uh, 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 their attention with my presence. And I, hmm. but I've I think the best meetings that I've had are when I one listen more, two speak less, and three probably speak last. Uh, let, let me hmm. first of all talk about listening more. And I'm a I'm a poor listener, and I think most of us as humans <laughs> are. Um, multipliers. When, when we read in the in the book Multipliers, uh, I remember reading that multipliers listen because they believe that there is native genius all around them. When you think that people around you are smart and that they have very intelligent things to say, you naturally become a better listener. Yeah, as, as you started to, to say that, I, I remember uh, you know, reading, reading that in multipliers and really taking that lesson to heart. So that's interesting that, that uh, that's one of the things that Lincioni yeah, and it, it made me check myself, too, because I think, well, I'm a bad listener. Does that mean that I don't think people around me are intelligent, <laughs> right. that, that really I can just add to them and that they're not really going to add to me? And that's that's not a good thing. I, mm. One of the other examples I, I love to share on, on listening, and, and many have, have heard me talk about this, is is this study that was done with victims' impact statements. A victim's impact statement is... Let's say a crime is is perpetrated against your family. Let's say your your family is robbed and and held at gunpoint, and um, the person is caught and they are convicted. Before sentencing, a judge and a jury will oftentimes reach out to the victim and ask you to fill out a victim's impact statement. And in that victim's impact statement, uh, I would write down, well, you know, we lost this amount of money, we've lost our peace of mind. This is how we've been victimized. And I spell all of that out to the judge and jury so that they can provide an adequate sentence. Mm -hmm. But they did a study with victims' impact statements that was really interesting to me. In 50% of the cases where a victim's impact statement was was asked uh, to be provided to the judge and jury, in half of those cases, the victim no longer cared what sentence was given to the perpetrator of the crime. Wow. The very act of being listened to mm-hmm. made them feel less like a victim. They, they no longer cared. They, they no longer demanded that justice or cared how justice was meted out because, because they were listened to. And that released them. And I, it makes me wonder, boy, in my meetings, am I listening enough? Am I, am I actually hearing what people have to say? And if I were a better listener, could... could the people that I'm working with feel more released from a feeling of victimhood where they thought, no, I've had a chance to voice my opinion and I was listened to. It seems like I need to do a better job of listening in the meetings that, that I conduct. I, I, I like the idea too of, of speaking less. Uh, this is also something that, that I learned from, from the book Multipliers, the poker chip challenge, where sometimes in a meeting, I feel like I have so many ideas and I become dominant and I start talking and I talk. And so everybody else in the meeting just needs to be quiet and they just need to take notes. Well, what does Clay have to say? We'll take notes. And well, that's not an effective meeting. <laughs> right. What, what, what Liz Weissman... <laughs> taking notes on what Clay's saying. Exactly. And I might as well have just sent them a memo, right? right? Because right. there's no engagement. There's no right. interaction. 
Liz Weissman recommends something called the poker chip challenge where you, where you give yourself three poker chips in a meeting and every time you say something, you have to play one of those chips. And you know that when all three chips are played, that... Like, I, as you say that, I can immediately <laughs> like, see the, the strategy you've got to use and in being incredibly thoughtful about what and when you're going to say something. Yeah, do I want to waste a poker chip right, right. On, on what I'm about I, I to like say? I like that. That's a, good, that's a great idea. And then I think the final thing, so, so we have listen more, we have speak less. I've also put in there speak last. Mm. Um, and the reason why I put that in there, especially as a leader conducting a meeting, often when you speak as a leader, it sort of shuts off the other ideas. It, 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 you're trying to solve a problem. If the leader chimes in and says, well, I really think we should be doing this, you've almost stymied the thinking of everybody else because they just think, well, that's what the leader thinks. Then I don't know that I necessarily want to agree with that. And, and I think we would do a better job if we would wait before offering our opinions or our thoughts to hear everybody else's. And, and if we are good listeners, you know, maybe those thoughts are, are going to change. Yeah, that makes sense. Really influence people with what, what we're saying instead of just yeah. maybe the position that, that the leader's in and making people fearful to interact. Um, it, it seems like from most of the meetings that I, that I go to and that I participate in, um, I've seen a lot, uh, you know, a lot of leaders that, um, you know, myself included, that I think can learn from that. Um, uh, you know, some of the leaders I've seen tend to dominate the conversations or the meetings. Um, and, it, and from what you just described, they like almost I can, think it's yeah, their job exactly. to dominate the right, conversation right. as a leader. And, and right. others never really get to share their genius because right. honestly, the leader hasn't created a safe space for it. And, and if you find yourself uh, being the only one talking in a meeting, you have to look in the mirror and realize, okay, what am I doing that makes... You can say till you're blue in the face, there are no bad ideas. Everybody contribute. I want everybody's <laughs> ideas. If they're not contributing, you are doing something as a leader that is not creating the safe space for them to, to contribute right. uh, those ideas. And, and I want to say this too. I'm a big fan of this because it's kind of along the same lines. You know, if, you, if you're uh, running a skilled nursing facility or, or, or a home health organization and you have a, a daily stand-up meeting, one of the mistakes that people make is they chime in only when their job function comes into play. So if I'm in a stand-up meeting in a skilled nursing facility and I'm the dietary supervisor, I speak up when we're talking about dietary needs, when we're talking about the kitchen or we're talking about food service or whatever it may be. For a successful meeting to take place, I think it's really important that the leader is clear that everyone is there not just to represent their department. They are all full partners in the meeting. Mm. In fact, almost telling people to say, when you come into this meeting, take off your job hat. You are not the maintenance supervisor. Right. You are not the dietary supervisor. You are not the director of nursing. Take off that hat. You are a member of this committee, equal partners on this committee, and you speak up and you, you debate and dissent every time you feel like there is something that you disagree with 
whether or not it's your area of expertise. And, and the leader has to make that clear. Take off your job hat when you come to this meeting. Come in as an equal partner. I mean, I can just, I can just picture how that also encourages you know, ownership with, with people to really yeah. get them to not just look at their one area, but to really feel like they can and are, you know, that we want them to contribute um, you know, on, on really any of the areas of, right. the, of the operation. Right. Um, any, any other uh, keys you can think of to an effective meeting? Yeah, I here's here are a couple of points that I, I think we should use to to kind of help evaluate our meetings, um, and and the, these are very uh, uh, common Lencioni Patrick Lencioni points as well. First, meetings are not going to be any good unless we have a team that is willing to trust each other enough to disagree. We've got to create a safe space. We, we need to thank people for their debate, point out how helpful it is and why. Make sure that everybody knows the rules of engagement, that, that everyone who disagrees has an obligation to share that even if they're wrong. And in some cases, I can remember meetings that I've had where, where everybody seemed to agree on a topic and I've said to three people, okay, you three, I need you to play devil's advocate here. Mm. I need you to disagree. <laughs> and even taken to the extreme, there have been times when I've said, when, when we've debated a topic and I've said, okay, now we're all gonna change sides. We're all gonna debate the other side that we were just debating. It's a great idea. And, 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 and what it does is it helps, it helps create and, and foster thought, but it also does this. It, it makes your team realize, wow, he really wants debate. In fact, he demands debate. He, this is something that, that has to happen because I'll tell you one of the things that, that I've discovered in, in poorly run meetings, you have a meeting where you talk about an idea, maybe you've been in this situation, mm -hmm. you walk outside and somebody comes and says, hey, did you hear what we were talking about in there? I, I didn't agree with that. <laughs> if, you are, if you are disagreeing outside of the meeting, right. you have just diagnosed a cultural problem in your in your meetings. Speak up because if that's happening outside of the meeting, then then you can immediately diagnose your your meeting culture as, as having a problem. I, I, I am I know for sure sitting here talking with you, I'm gonna be taking that that point away to not disagree outside of the meeting. I think that is so I, that's just that's great. Yeah, I, I think then the other thing I'd say to that, so point number one is is just that spirit of debate and, and uh, that, that culture of feeling free, free to disagree. I'd say number two would be we need to have clarity in these meetings. A lot of you have, uh, have uh, seen the training Green and Clean, and if you haven't, I, I recommend that you go on the Ensign Services portal and, and click on Training Tools, and and uh, and there there's a uh, 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 hyperlink for the video Green and Clean, and it's about a father that's trying to get his son to take care of the yard, and he says, "Your job, son, is green and clean." It's not mow the lawn every Saturday. It's not water it every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. It's not you know you're going to fill the lawnmower up with gas. It's, this is what we need to accomplish. We need a green lawn and we need a clean lawn. And this is your job. These meetings need to have that clarity. If we don't have that clarity, if we're just talking about ideas that are just kind of floating out there in space, and boy, it'd be really great if we were better at this. Yeah, that would be great. If we don't have that organizational clarity of what our green and clean is, our meetings are not gonna be effective. But if we do have that clarity, 
and we have a spirit of debate in the meetings. Our, our meetings, honestly, they're not just more effective, they're more fun. You actually love coming to these meetings knowing, hey, we're gonna tackle some real issues here. In fact, I used to have a rule with my meetings that we didn't really discuss things we didn't disagree about. The other things we could handle via email. <laughs> you didn't need to meet about it. Yeah, we'll just, I'll shoot you a memo, and this is, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to handle it. But if we disagree about the process or, or the system or what needs to happen, that's when we need to have a meeting because we've come here to debate. So I, I can picture, um, uh, uh, you know, just off a handful of meetings that I've been to that, you know, that definitely had that feel to them um, where there was great debate. Um, you know, everybody was really engaged. Uh, we, we came out with some effective decisions yeah. and clear direction on, on what we were going to do next. Um, even if, if all of our meetings were like that, do we still have to have so many meetings? Um, shouldn't we still find a balance and a right limit and, and to, to try to cut them down to the minimal? Doesn't it, doesn't it seem like right here I should be saying, yes, we need to, we need to have fewer meetings? I, I think I used to think that, and, and in my studies of, of Patrick Lencioni, I, I've, I've become convinced otherwise. Here, here is sort of the irony. I actually think we need to have more meetings that are more focused. One of our problems is, is we, we try to have fewer meetings, and so we try and stuff as many possible things into those meetings as possible, and in reality, we, we need to be willing to meet more, but with more focused intent. I, I, there, there's, here's kind of the, the advice I would give. In fact, I'd break this into four different meetings. The, the first one is, is the easy one. It's the one that you're used to. It'd be a, it'd be a stand-up meeting that is daily. Mm -hmm. It's 10 to 15 minutes, right? It's, it's, a, it's a daily check-in. What we don't need to be talking about in this time is our overall vision, or frankly, our tactics, or or anything like that. We, we just need to be having a daily check-in. This is something that we're working on, and it should be quick. That's why we call it a stand-up meeting, right? I mean, right. We, sh we should all be able to stand up comfortably and, and, and take care of it. But then on a maybe a weekly or an every other week basis, depending on what you would want to do in your operations, then we need to have a meeting that I think is a very fun meeting. It's It's sort of a... It's a tactical meeting. And, and this may sound interesting, but I don't think you should come to this meeting with an agenda. Hmm. Uh, which I, I, I wouldn't have expected you to say that. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems to fly in the face. Always have an agenda, right? Yeah, you hear so that. that you're you organized. That and, yep. But I do think you do have an agenda. You're just creating that agenda at the beginning of the meeting. Listen, listen to something that, that Patrick Lencioni said on this. He said... Putting together an agenda before a tactical meeting is like a marriage counselor deciding what issues she's going to cover with the couple prior to meeting with them. The fact is, you don't know what you need to discuss until you've come together and assess the situation. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great analogy. That makes sense? That's a great analogy. We, yeah. we come, we've, we've already assessed the situation, and so we put it together an agenda, and that's not really a tactical we know, meeting. We know we're talking about the marriage, but... Yeah, the details of that like so, get into when we when we meet. So instead, in hmm. these weekly or or every other week, however you want to do them, these tactical meetings, uh, and and remember, nobody brings their job hat. Everybody's taken off their job hat, but you have each person give a quick report on what they think are their top priorities. 
this is what I'm working on. What, what is the most important thing right now? Almost like a lightning round. It's not a, they're not going to spend a whole lot of time. They're just saying, I'm really focused on trying to take care of this. Then what you do after that, that sort of lightning round is you analyze how we are doing up against what they think is more important. By the way, you might be saying to the dietary supervisor, I, I just don't know why that is your most important task right now. Shouldn't it be this? And you can debate it, and you're almost debating your agenda. You're mm -hmm. trying to get to the point where you're figuring out what are the most important things, which, by the way, is the main job of a leader. Right. Spend your time focusing on the most important things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so debate whether or not these things are the most important things, and then if they are, are we doing them well? Are we doing the right things? And that agenda sort of formulates, and, and it's essentially a living agenda. It's a living, breathing agenda that comes up based on everybody's sort of lightning round. This is what's most important to me right now, and this is what I'm doing to try and tackle it. Okay. So that's meeting number two. So meeting number one is sort of your stand-up meeting, your daily check-in. Meeting number two is your tactical meeting. Meeting number three, maybe you're doing this monthly with, with your team. And, and this, is, this is an ad hoc kind of topical meeting. This is, this is your chance to dig into the major issues that you're facing in your operation. We need to have a meeting on customer service. We need to have a meeting on census. We need to have a meeting on, uh, on our food services because this is, a, this is something that we need to focus on right now. We need to have a meeting on how we're handling our PBJ. This is the real chance to be a leader and wrestle with your team the challenging situations that you're facing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes a so ton of sense. So daily check-ins, I'm building up again, your, your weekly tactical meetings, your monthly topical meetings, problems to, right. to solve. And then these are kind of fun, and, and, and I like to throw in off-site. Uh, uh, these are your quarterly off-site meetings, your quarterly off-site reviews. This is where you tackle the questions, do we even have the right goals? Do we, uh, are, do we have the right people? And are we doing the right things? Why do we exist? Are we really trying to dignify long-term care in the eyes of the world? And, and do our behaviors match that? Are we, are we, are we living Caplico? What is our strategy to accomplish this? And, and how are we doing this? What are the most important things right now? What are our biggest priorities? Who should be doing what? These are the big questions that, you know, whether it's quarterly or semi-annually, obviously, again, that's up to you. But these, I do like throwing in offsite. It's a chance to step away and reanalyze your vision. That makes sense to really have a strategic meeting instead of the tactical meetings yeah. that, we're, that we're doing to, to accomplish the, the strategy. Yeah, and, and, and the problem with, you know, I, I've just described four different meetings. The problem is sometimes in stand-up meeting, we're talking about our vision and our, our, our tactical, <laughs> right. or we're trying to throw right. that in, and, and the meeting goes too long, and we're having this meeting every day. We need to remember that the meetings, for the meetings, it's not necessarily about solving problems. It's about getting on the same page right. and working towards our goals. And if we could just have more focused meetings, daily check-ins, weekly tactical, monthly topical, and quarterly kind of off-site 
visionary defining meetings if we organize them that way i think we'll find a lot more satisfaction in each of our meetings yeah i, I really love the approach of, of of organizing your meetings into some you know those really kind of different clear purpose and meaning behind them um you know one of the things i haven't heard you really touch on in, in any of those types of meetings is uh you know maybe if there's a consistent way or an approach to how you conclude your meetings yeah like what what is the what is the takeaway? You've met, right? you've come together, right. you've had Good. a great debate. Everybody box. shared. How do you, how do you you know <laughs> leave that room? And- I, I I think one of the most important things to leave with, and, and make sure make a mental note of this, we have to agree on what we've talked about, and then go and talk about it with others that need to know it. Okay, here here's mm. here here's kind of a general rule that I'll share. If we're not sharing what we've learned in that meeting within 24 hours, we are not a healthy organization. If, if what we've talked about stops in that meeting, we are failing and that meeting failed. And, and let's use that 24 hour time frame. If the message dies in the meeting, we're failing. So the question we need to be answering after this meeting is, what are we going to go out and tell our people? Yeah, I I, uh, I I hear that twenty four hour message and it immediately makes me feel bad thinking back over a number of How meetings. Many messages have yes, died in that the I meeting? can I can picture the yeah. meeting and the message that died and that time frame being key. Um, the, you know, you shared a lot of great thoughts on on um, on you know some tools and techniques on really having more effective meetings. Um, you want to share any sort of final thoughts and summarize, you know, yeah. what you've shared? Yeah, there's a couple of uh, sort of rapid fire thoughts that I've, I've jotted down here. And, and maybe some of these will have impact on you. Some of them you, you might say, I don't have an issue with that. That's not a problem. Uh, thought number one. Sometimes, and, and I'm this way, we, we are afraid to over-communicate as leaders. In fact, oftentimes, uh, before I do a training, I'll say, have, have I done this with you guys? And people say, yeah, I've done it, and I don't want to bore them with doing it again. Point number one, we can't be afraid to over-communicate as leaders. Mm-hmm. Meetings are a great place to reinforce what we are trying. If, if you are a broken record on a topic, that's fine. Remember, your people will do what they think you think is important. And if you're constantly mm. reiterating something in a meeting, they're going to start to <laughs> grab hold of that. That's and they're going to start to do it. They'll realize, okay, he's not letting go of this. She's not letting go of this. So don't be afraid to over-communicate. Here's a don't. Don't come to the meeting thinking that you already know what you're going to be talking about. Mm. Figure that out together. Again, that, that, that preconceived agenda that this is what we're going to tackle Okay, you might have some ideas in your head before that, but if you're not going around and listening, remember, one of the most important things to do in a meeting is listen. We've got to listen first so that we know what the meeting needs to be about. I mean, that's so counterintuitive to all the culture of meetings yeah. that's been drummed into me throughout my yeah, life. Always it makes so agenda, much sense. Right? Yeah. I, I just think that we need to be cautious about that. I, I'm not saying agendas are evil, mm-hmm. but you have to make sure that they're malleable enough to really get into what needs to be talked They're about. They're not driving the meeting because you're, right. again, checking like the meeting box, you're checking the agenda box. Kind of like we talked about with trainings and PowerPoints. If that drives the training, then, then it's not going to be right. as an effective of a training. Here's another, uh, here's another don't in meetings. Don't just go around and do one-by-one reporting. Now, that's different than a lightning round. Remember I said a lightning mm-hmm. round is you go around and you say, this is what I'm working on, and... 
but but one-on-one -on -one reporting is almost like a leader doing a a one-on-one -on -one in front of everybody <laughs> right right I, okay now it's time to listen to the dietary supervisor or now it's time to listen to the the director of rehab or or what that's not an effective meeting um the the when you're touching base with each other everybody goes around quickly and and when you're doing these tactical meetings where everybody's saying hey this is what i'm working on but but these uh this one-on-one -on -one reporting it's just not an effective way to, to do a meeting so make sure that's not happening here's another don't don't just do show and tell presentations this is what i'm working on <laughs> powerpoint this number is, two this is what i've accomplished great good job everybody you know give them an applause that's not the point of the lightning round yeah. the lightning round is to analyze what is it that we're trying to accomplish and are those the right things that we're trying to accomplish um do talk about near-term problem solving without getting bogged down by the big strategy talks. Save those big strategy talks for the quarterly meetings, the quarterly offsites, right? Do keep everyone aligned around the most important thing. Your, your job on the team is as a team member. Remember, not, not your department. Take off the job hat, but 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 you're trying to keep everyone aligned what is it that we're trying to accomplish and let's stay focused on on that most important thing without getting you know thrown by distractions here's another don't don't multitask during meetings <laughs> yeah. it's getting you hot feel in some here yeah actually it's hot in here yeah call it out if you yeah. see it call it out and and here's the rule we, we sit there thinking, and the whole reason we're multitasking is we think the meeting is a waste of time it, for right, us. Right, because it's not an effective meeting. You've already checked out and, and so you're not trying engaged. to take care of other things. So, so call it out. My my rule for people is wherever you are, be there. Yeah, be present. That makes sense. Uh, and that's hard for me. So I'm I'm a hypocrite <laughs> in uh, in saying that. But but call it out. Me look. I think in the end, we just need to realize that meetings are the linchpin to a healthy organization. We need to get this right. We, we need to create meetings that get people get excited for. I, I, I want to read just one more time the, the, the quote that, that Patrick Lencioni gave us. He said, if someone were to offer me one single piece of evidence to evaluate the health of an organization, I would not ask to see its financial statements, review its product line, or even talk to its employees or customers. I would want to observe the leadership team during a meeting. That's Clay, really thank you for spending the time talking with me about this today. Um, there's certainly a number of things I know I'm going to be taking away from this and applying, and, and often Good. I find when I'm, I'm having these conversations with you, I, I see a number of things that I want to <laughs> change and do better at. And, uh, so really thank you. appreciate the time you spent with us today. And um, Great. Thank care. you.